Hey, this is Eric, and you're listening to NeuroDetergent. And this is Sarah, licensed clinical social worker. And this is Katie, licensed professional counselor. Our goal is to reach like-minded folks in an effort to connect, encourage, and support each other in our struggles navigating life with neurodivergence. What are we forgetting? Um, um oh, fun. Fun. And laughs. And laughs. Along the way, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> A stubborn stain on your atypical brain. You need neurodetergents. We're gonna spill the tea about ADHD and wipe it clean with neurodetergents. You need neurodetergents. Hey, what's up? You're listening to Neurodetergent Katie. It is episode 14. 14, baby. 14, can Sarah? you believe it? Lucky number 14. Uh, I mean, we just passed 13. 13 my lucky number. No, that's, oh, my that's, lucky number. that's our not lucky number, yeah. Uh, uh, even numbers bother me. Mm-hmm. Me too. In the same way that, like, certain spoons bother. Like, when I think 14, I have to think, well, 1 plus 4 is 5, so it's okay. Can we talk about the spoon thing for a second before yes. we get into it? Because that's something that I've noticed a lot in, like, a lot of the neurodivergent meme groups and stuff is... There's a lot of talk about spoons it's, in the neurodivergent community. And yeah. what is that all about? Like having enough spoons or like what no. spoons look like? So um, in a lot of the neurodivergent like Facebook groups, subreddits, stuff like that, it's like people have a favorite spoon. Yeah, uh, I do. I have a favorite spoon. I do too. Yeah. Um, I also <clears throat> have favorite, like I had a knife that was my favorite knife. I duct taped that bitch together before I stopped using it. Dude. Okay. First off. <laughs> <laughs> Spend the money and get an electric knife sharpener. It'll change your life. Oh, this was like a Walmart knife. It was even. Not worth I that. bought my knife at a the the knife I use more than anything else in the kitchen. I bought at the flea market for a dollar, yeah. and I sharpened the shit out of it, and it is. I probably don't pretty need sharp knives. <laughs> substantial. Uh, oh it's actually apparently more dangerous to use a dull knife. But anyway, okay. uh, so the spoon thing. I do have a favorite spoon, and it's my long. Like sturdy spoon, mm-hmm. like the it looks like a like a regular spoon, but it's just a little bigger. How big is the mouth? Like I mean, it's not a spoon you'd want to eat soup with, but it's great for like stirring things. And I have a wooden spoon too. I well, think wooden I, spoons I, I, I have a special place in my heart. And like specifically with the spoons, it's like the kind the that you eat cereal with, or like like the kind oh. you put in your mouth. So check this out. When I moved okay. when I moved back to town after my divorce, I didn't have any spoons at all. So I just bought those little packs of silverware from Walmart. So I have like three spoons. Yeah. That you can actually eat something that requires a spoon with. And then I have my my big sturdy spoon that I use a lot for stirring, like when I'm baking or cooking. Yes, it's metal. And then I have another larger metal spoon that's like long handled, like a ladle, but a spoon. And then I have... I bet people are just (laughs) thrilled right now to be listening to this People love spoons. Anytime I've made like a meme post with a spoon in it, it, people People go nuts for it. it. They love the spoons. uh, So we might as well acknowledge it. Sarah has too many fucking spoons in her, uh, our house. We moved in together. Yes, we did. Yes, and you just came back from... I'm fucking here for it, baby. From vacation. Yeah. You were gone for how many days? Ten. Ten days. And I watched Gary, your dog. Anything cool, anything fun happen while you were there? Okay. The highlight was getting home and being called a crack whore at the <laughs> airport. I figured we would, like, ease into that. Sorry, but... Go right there. Can we tell the story? Yes. Okay, so, like, I picked them up from the airport, 
and I had Gary, the dog, Katie's Aww. dog, with me. Oh, were you? And video? there was, yeah, it was the. We got a video of of Gary and Katie uh, reuniting after some time apart, and it was very like heartfelt. And so oh, they sat so down on their luggage. This was across the street from the entrance to the terminal. So we're not like even sitting in front of a main entrance. Right, they're we're just on the chilling, yeah, just to... chilling. They just got off the plane. We're catching up, hanging out with Gary. It's it's cool. And this dude drives by, and he's like, he said something, and he's like, you crack whores. He goes, crack whores, <laughs> sluts. He sounded like the bully on The Simpsons. Oh, my God. Nelson. Nelson with his oh giggling. He's like, crack whores. <laughs> is this the first time you've ever been called a crack whore? No. I think it might be my first time. Oh, I'm from Kansas City. It's not the first time I've been called a slut. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. Kitty <laughs> has been called a slut a number of times. <laughs> but, like... If that person was your client, what would you oh suggest God. they do to stop, you know, I mean, calling people crack I kind of wondered for a minute if it was somebody that we knew. and Because I, I didn't see their face. I don't know. I would just think, like, if someone's seen us and that's their response, they probably need just some more stuff to do or, like, some therapy or something. Yeah. Like, I mean, they can, what they need to do is just get fucked. I don't give a shit. Oh, I, that's not what I thought you meant, but I am with you. <laughs> you meant something else. I mean, <laughs> probably both. Maybe he should just call his mom. I'm, I mean, maybe, maybe the reason he's like that is because of his, his mom. mom. Maybe he's a crack whore. Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, he looked like his mom. Maybe he's a crack whore and he's projecting. And maybe he was just bonding Maybe us. he has some crack and he's looking to make a transaction. Well, He I drove do. by way too fast. If he... These are the wrong whores to be cracking on. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. So, I mean... Um, let's, so, let's, my highlight... So, let's rewind. Yeah, let's my re highlight was we saw a mom and a baby manatee. <gasps> It was oh, so yeah. Cool. So, yeah, you were all excited about seeing manatees. Yes. And oh, God, I was you got so to see some fucking manatees. excited. Oh, and cool. we saw a snake on the beach. Yes, in so the sand. So what's the Sorry. fixation with manatees for you? Because um, you talked about it a lot so, before you left. So here's the thing, and I've talked about this before, and I'll talk about it again. It's kind of like the mountain lion thing. Manatees are not on the level that, mount that mountain lions are. I don't want to be kissed. I don't want the kiss of death from a manatee. Um, but you want the kiss of death from a mountain lion. I don't, like, want it right now. Okay. <laughs> but, like, preferred method of death. Preferred method of death. Okay. Okay. Um, so I think I told you there was, like, an episode of the X-Files that, like, is, like, a core memory. And I've never even checked to see if this was an actual episode or just something I dreamed. But uh -huh. it's, like, um, like somebody leave, gets walks out of their house and there's, like wild animals outside uh -huh. and, they, and then they shut the door and they come back inside and they're like there's and it's not jumanji don't even say it okay they're like there is a giraffe i can't remember what the animal was anyways and in that moment i was that's my fucking dream and like to see animals in the wild and just like going about their life it's just something that like i f i love I fucking love it. So I was just Have you really, gone to like the exotic animal paradise? That's not place? animals in the wild. <laughs> You're right. They're in captivity. Like, and, I'm I, sorry. and like it's different because we did go to see the manatees, but my dream is to just like happen upon like that's like what I like that's the thing that just like What's my willy? So you got to happen I don't upon. Know why I, I've never said that in my life. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I have no idea. Anyways, I just love seeing like animals in nature. 
And so you got to do that. And we got to do that. So we went and uh, Sarah got a ki- Sarah kayaked for the first time, which yeah. was awesome. Oh, nice. I chose a paddleboard, a stand-up paddleboard, and we fucking paddleboarded and kayaked all over Crystal River. And uh, I'm, like, standing up so I can see pretty well. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's a manatee right here, Sarah. You know, and I'm, like, calling for her. And then I, it, like, moves, and I see... It's baby. It was so cute. Oh my god! I was like, it was like the size of Ollie. I was like crying. Aww. I like, I was so excited, it, and it was so cute, and I just like, I couldn't handle it. It was fucking awesome. Anyway, so that was. Well, I'm glad you awesome. survived the manatee encounter. Ah, oh, so cool. And my other favorite thing was snorkeling. I love being oh underwater gosh. for sustained periods of time. It's like yeah. super chill. I found something really cool. Oh yeah. Yeah, you found a watch. Yeah. yeah. And like rules of the ocean, man. Like what you fucking find, you keep. Found right. a, like found a it's like pirate treasure. Sweet yeah. fucking garment. And it was the same day that um, I like I had gone into the water the day before and had my wa- Apple Watch on, mm-hmm. uh, and it's cracked. And so I pulled my arm out real quick and put it up, and uh, then the next day I tried to turn it on and it wouldn't turn. Oh no! And that Did you put day it in I some found rice? the Garmin. I don't like the Garmin. I had the Garmin before. That's why I switched to the Apple Watch. Uh-huh. It's just the Apple Watch is way more user friendly for me. Okay. Um, but now I have that. I I gave it. Oh well, sucker. I know. I should have made me. I should have made him pay me for it. He would have made me pay for him for it. But I didn't. I just gave it him. You're a nice mom. Okay. Cool. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice of you. You're a good parent. Anyway, yeah. How about how we started out vacation with the big bang? Oh, trivia. Oh, oh yeah oh God. yeah it was like a repressed memory i know. I, didn't know I didn't know what you're talking about i was like are we gonna go away well we I talked about in the last episode we talked about getting vip i talked about baking a loaf of sourdough oh, yeah. bread for the, the owner which i did and i gave it to high him. up there yeah and, say. yeah it and elevated. there was a, a scare oh, there uh in during trivia it was around the the midpoint the intermission yeah. and uh Sarah passed out. And so I, I have like my shit. I and she wasn't worse. like blackout drunk. She wasn't wasted. No, I have like a vasovagal like syncope like response where sometimes like my blood pressure drops really low and like certain factors contribute to that and it'll make me faint. But like no one had there with me had experienced that before, so it was quite startling. There was something going on too uh, that I don't even think we've talked to you about. Um, and so we were really highly stressed. I was, mm-hmm. and I was sort of having a panic attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that contributed uh, because like, it was, it was yes, anxiety related. Yeah, it for was sure. anxiety related. And so, uh, I don't even remember what was going on. If we were waiting for the next round, if he, we were, he was reading, it was a break. Answers. It, it was, was a break. break. Okay. Uh, but I turned over to Sarah to sit, we were talking about something and she, her eyes were just kind of glazed over and I was like, Hey, and then it was like, she wasn't like, it, like her, I, she wasn't looking at me. It was like through me. And I, listen, I am not the person that you want to have in a situation. <laughs> like, no, no, oh, you did I great. Fucking panic. You didn't I panic. Felt, I mean, it was like I felt like I was hysterical. You no, okay. I look. I was there. Okay. Okay. okay um, okay. I had just gotten some ice cream from next door, and we're oh, like pistachio. sitting there talking about it. I wanted some pistachio ice cream so bad. <laughs> and all of a sudden, yeah, Sarah's like in the process of passing out, and I'm just kind of like bewildered and like wondering, like just trying to process like Fainting. what's happening. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Katie is like. Somebody help, somebody help. She's passing out. She's passing out. Like you were very vocal and making sure that everybody knew what was going on, which is, (laughs) which is, 
which is a good thing. That's true. I know, but you yeah. weren't, felt you weren't freaking out. You weren't okay. screaming. Okay? okay, you weren't like, <laughs> you know, it wasn't. It wasn't like, you know, that bad. Yeah. I don't. It definitely wasn't as bad in reality as it probably is in your mind. There was just this moment but, where no, I No, you remember. did great, and you're like, somebody help. And all I can think of is like, I'm fucking holding this goddamn ice cream cone. I need to figure out to do something with it. And so I just, there was a glass on the table with some ice in it, so I just stuck it oh, in the geez. glass. Oh, <laughs> ruined your ice cream. Yeah, Katie tried you're, to make me eat like it. You at the fucking fair. You're like, <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> so, uh, you know, <clears throat> Katie's like, help me. And I'm like, tell me what to do. And she's like, I don't know. I'm like, lay her flat. We but we laid her flat. I pulled your dress down. Oh, thank it had you. Written up your leg. So, you know, we keep a level oh, of modesty. Honest, just keep in mind, um, too, just to paint the picture. And then I just held We're on a stage. Yeah, yeah we're on a, a, an we're elevated stage. In, in, in like, And the DJ that's, like, hosting trivia is there with yes. us with a microphone in his fucking hand, too. Oh, my so. God. Oh, and, you know. We're kind of a big deal down there, so. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, I just remember feeling very frantic and not knowing what was going on and standing up, and I know I had this, cr- like, crazy look in my eyes, and I said, somebody help her! Yeah, it was. And that's all I can but think luckily, of how unhinged But I luckily, there was an EMT there. Yes. Uh, and he came up and, and talked to me. He, he was like, he thought I was Sarah's husband. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But, you know, he kind of looked at it. And then Sarah wakes up. Like, Sarah was only out for, like, 30 seconds. Maybe, top. Yeah. Yeah. And Sarah's like, hey, what's up? And She's like, I, I, as she was coming to, I was like, hey, I, we are at Trivia. Yeah, I, I remember hearing you sure. say that. And Katie goes, they called 911. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was, like, so annoyed. You like, were, yeah, why? You so annoyed. In I'm my like, head, I was thinking, I'm just laying down. <laughs> You're like, I think I feel like I just, I'm like, we are at Trivia. We are at trivia. They call nine one one. Do you think you need anybody here? And you were like, no. <laughs> yeah. and, like, and then you start answering the questions. The trivia questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we actually like Sarah. We we stayed and played the rest yeah. of the trivia, and Sarah participated while laying down throughout the whole thing. And fucking dominated, <laughs> and we ended up in third. I think we got second. Oh, we did. I think we got second, I and then I oh, actually yeah. sat in with our rivals, the Sophisticants, and Ooh. I sabotaged them, and they came in third. Ooh, yeah. No, I'm kidding. We, I hope not. We I, we actually tried and yeah. still lost. Uh, yeah. But it was a fun time. It was yeah. weird being able to sit in on a different team. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to participate this week because I'm getting oh, a tooth cut out of my sucks, mouth. Bro. I'm sorry. Don't forget on to Thursday, call me. Right before trivia. So what we're talking about today. Hang on. Before that. Oh, hold on. We're not getting into it just yet. I want to see your reaction. I'm going to oh. show you. A comment that I made on a not spring not Springfield, Missouri. You know okay. that, you know yeah. that subreddit or mm-hmm. that Facebook page. Right. Uh, it says describe Springfield Mo in uh-huh. vape flavors. Oh, I think I saw your comment. Damn it. No, just go ahead and okay. read it though. Pi- it... Okay, pine ope ol and craft cheese breed. <laughs> okay. Is that not It was good. Did how many reactions did it? It has four and you saw it and didn't react to it. I'm sorry. And like it's good. I'm sorry, I'll try and find it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I will, That's I will fucking tight. Laugh, react it, and then I'll There's comment. There's a craft cheese factory here. I'll comment. And then I'll say that that's the funniest one. And then... Not uh, maybe for a, f- a prize. I will go to... I'll go to it from the neurodetergent page as well and comment from yes. our page. And then use your fake profiles too. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then we'll post and a link Sarah to this. And we'll post a link to this it. podcast oh gosh, so they can right? hear us talking about it. But anyway, okay, moving on. That was good. So, oak, okay. if you're not familiar, that's like a thing that people say, and I say it, and oh. we all say it. It's, it's like, like what you use if you're like squeezing by somebody oh. for oh, or you oh. drop something. Oh. Oh. Or it's time to go. Oh. oh, it's time to go. Or you say, I'm just going to sneak past you real quick. Yeah. Ooh, sneak past you. Bless your heart. <laughs> Pun. Okay. Uh, Pumpkin. Uh, <laughs> so we're talking about object permanence <laughs> yes. today. And that's really something that um, gets a lot of reaction from our audience when we make posts about it. Yeah. So I figured we might as well spend an episode talking about it. Um, object permanence is a concept that applies to individuals across the developmental spectrum, so says my friend uh, Chad. But here's what Wikipedia says. It's the understanding that whether an object can be sensed has no effect on whether it continues to exist. Yeah. A fundamental concept studied in the field of developmental psychology, the subfield of psychology that addresses the development of young children's social and mental Capacities. Mr. Piaget. But there is not yet scientific consensus on when the understanding of object permanence emerges in human development. And the rest of this article really talks about infants. Okay, and yeah. so, Sarah, you kind of explained yeah, something yeah, to me. Yeah, my bad. Uh, outside. <laughs> Monsieur Doctor. Monsieur Doctor. Um, okay. okay. So, yes. From age zero to two, like an important developmental milestone is learning object permanence. So, mm -hmm. that is learning that when something's out of sight or you can't sense it, it still exists. A great example of that is playing peekaboo. Peekaboo works with babies because when you cover something up, they forget it's there. So when you reveal it again, it's a surprise. And that surprise is what's like fun about peekaboo, right? But then once you start to learn that just because it's covered up, it's still there, then that magic goes away, right? Mm -hmm. And so it is important to differentiate. Like we use the term object permanence. It's something that we all kind of understand. Like we, like a lot Innately of us learned almost, yeah. Yeah, and like we all, like high school sci psych, like basics, that's kind of basics, right? Mm -hmm. um, However, it is important to differentiate that even though we may struggle with um, object, like, constancy. Uh, object constancy, it doesn't mean we struggle with object permanence. Right. Like, we do understand that the thing does exist when we don't see it. It's just that it is not on the forefront of our consciousness. Mm -hmm. We are not paying attention to it. And right. part of that is like, um, like it is around the time that that is developing that we are able to differentiate ourselves outside of our caregiver, right? Yes. So like before we develop object permanence and that kind of thing, we are like, we aren't individualized. We are a part of them, mm -hmm. right? And as you learn that like you are a separate entity from other people, your mom, your dad, whatever, then um, that's when object permanency really like kind of starts to really. And the reason it's really important is because you have to have object permanence to like develop language, say. Like you can't say, um, I want a ball if you don't know that balls exist when you don't see balls, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So um, it's also important for like short-term memory, right? Like to be able to like walk into their other room and like remember what you were going there for. Right. And we may struggle with that. Like I, right. sh I struggle with that um, more profoundly than somebody who probably doesn't have ADHD, Mm -hmm. uh, or isn't neuro neurodivergent, uh, where I go into a room and I'm like, oh fuck, what did I come in here for? Oh, oh, um, oh my God. All the time. But, Multiple but it times is a not day. because I 
forgot. I did. I I like uh, forgot that the thing that I. It's was not a memory impairment. Right. It's yeah. because from the time you when you walked into that new room, suddenly your attention was so focused in that moment walking into that room that you forgot. You're, yes. You switched attention. Yes. And so while object. Um, constancy is an issue that uh, more profoundly affects people who are neurodivergent. That was a weird way that I said neurodivergent. that. that? <laughs> um, what Neuro. is important is that it's it's not um, object permanency that you're struggling with. It is attention, mm-hmm. uh, focus, it is focus. It is staying present, um, staying present. Um, all of those things, like hyperfixation. It's uh, not a deficit. It's not like a. Um, organic, like miswiring, yeah, uh, like a brain injury yes. it's not a or like a mental develop- delay or a disorder, right, right. But for the sake of of this episode, yes. we are going to refer to it as object permanence sure. yes. because that seems to be like the general term yes. for this phenomenon, but, yeah. and it's better than saying things like object scatter brain. Well, and also the the what the phrase that they're using a lot is the out of sight, out of mind, yes. which right. does make more sense, but that's a lot of letters, a lot and, of words. So, it, out of sorry, it is. I just want to say this before. You're we fine. Start. Uh, it is a very layered issue because it also, um, to me, and I wanted to say this before I forget because I don't want it to slip my mind. I I believe just based on my um, ADHD brain and neurodivergent brain and uh, what I understand about um, emotional abuse and like um, other issues people who struggle with that specifically in their neurodivergence, I feel like are a lot more vulnerable to falling into a emotionally abusive relationship. Really? Uh, and if you want me to expand on that, I can. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Please do. So a huge component of um, an emotionally abusive relationship is um, social isolation, isolation right. from family, friends, etc. So when you, str- when that is something that you struggle with in your ADHD um, or if you have trauma with attachment style issues, uh, all of those things compounded, like complex PTSD, all of those things compounded. Um, it's, e- I don't want to say easier, but it's, um, it is easier for you to get into a situation where you become socially isolated, mm-hmm. um, from your family and from your friends. If you are with someone who is pulling you away from that and it is not overt. Right. Um, because, again, out of sight, out of mind, right? And if you're spending all of your time or if you're hyperfixating on this person that you're in a new relationship with and this person is prone to doing those things, then mm-hmm. you are extremely vulnerable to that. Um, and it is more common for people who are who are neurodivergent to find themselves in this. Really? I think also a point that another key component... Did I articulate that okay? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay. yeah, yeah. I think another key component in... Uh, in a, abusive relationship dynamic is like creating dependency, right? Mm -hmm. And that's another thing that this can do because if my whole life I've struggled with object constancy, object permanence, and like, so it makes me like forget to clean. It makes me forget to pay things on time and be responsible. My whole life I'm being told you're just irresponsible. Lazy. Lazy. I'm, that's a learned helplessness where I just think that's a character flaw in me. I'm just, that's just how I am. And I stop trying to change it. And I think that I need other people to do that for me. You become reliant. And you become reliant on them. And then you, you, the more you're reliant on a partner the less able you are yeah and so a lot of times in those relationships just based on my personal experience and my uh, professional and clinical experience is once um something happens in a relationship that is um developed on that foundation what happens is if there is a if there is a period of time where there is a separation from that person 
mm-hmm. uh, be it like you're separated for three weeks because of a family emergency or what at work or something like that. There is a, a chasm or whatever, like where there hadn't been before. It, it does become a lot um, easier to pick up on those things after the fact. Like that power at, dynamic that is, can mm-hmm. shift. It gives a potential yes. opportunity for a person to recognize that they can do things on their own. And they seek out social engagement with other people. with other people and um, that is a and yeah and yeah. start to maybe <clears throat> say things that they you know don't realize are fucked up in their relationship and all all kinds of things it's very layered very complex i'm also very it's also very personal to me mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay so i mean that's kind of heavy like yeah. i was thinking it was going to be more like you know Sorry. i'm constantly losing my keys katie <laughs> well that too I, that, that too, too and we can't get to that but i did want to yeah. preface so i did not forget to bring that up because i think that that is something that i've talked a lot with clients about and like i can imagine there are ways that you can relate to that there's definitely ways yeah. I can relate to it, but yeah. not in ways I want to talk about. No, on the no, podcast. and I don't want to talk about that on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't either. Yeah. But I can tell just by, yeah, that, that yeah. that's something that's kind of clicking for you. But no, absolutely, it does. Yeah. And, and hopefully it'll click for other people too. Yeah. But like, I've noticed that I am kind of getting worse <laughs> lately in just those, not like the relationship type stuff that you yeah. were talking about, but more in that like scatterbrained, absent minded type behavior that has always driven me crazy Mm -hmm. that I'm just learning over the past year or so that that's not how normal people are. Yeah. That's not how everybody else is. That's probably a lot to do with my diagnosis that I've had forever that I just kind of out of sight, out of mind. That diagnosis didn't have any object permanence for me. And maybe it's a hyperfixation of mine now Yeah, as we're doing this podcast. But, um, you know, it, it's multiple times a day, especially because yeah. I work at home and I'm wondering if that's affecting that too. Mm-hmm. But, you know, always going into rooms and not remembering why I'm in there. But lately it's been a lot of like going to the kitchen to get a cup of coffee and then coming back into the office to resume working and there's no coffee. I'm like, what the fuck? Where's my coffee? And then I realize it's sitting in front of the coffee maker full of coffee that so, I had put it down and walked away and, and did something else and then just completely forgot about it. My keys, my vape, uh, you know, the bowl, the lighter, you, you know, question? all of these Do things. Do you think that like that because of the podcast and because we've been talking more about it and you've been reading more about it and like re- looking at memes and all kinds of stuff and really are engaged with it in a way mm-hmm. that you've not been before. Correct. So do you think you're just, just more, aware? more aware of it? I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it seems to also be happening more because it always bothers me. It's, it's never not been like, you know, where the fuck are my keys? Where the fuck are my shoes? Like I would like yell. Yeah. You know, when I'm home by myself, it's not like I would take it out on anybody. Sarah's uh, Sarah's witnessed me doing the same. Yeah. um, Tossing my house. But it's all the time. Just like, just pacing the house and looking for something and going from and making the rounds, you know, around the house. It's not here. It's not here. And like saying it out loud, it's not on the counter. It's not here. It's not here. And then it's the first place I looked that I've already checked twice, mm-hmm. you know, and it just doesn't exist. Like it literally doesn't exist in that moment. Cause I've so, looked at it twice and haven't seen it. And then the third time around after I'm saying out loud, every place it's not finally, it's at that place. There's a that term for that lived. too. It, that I thought was kind of funny. It, it was saying that it's insight, but you don't have insight. I hear what I want to <laughs> say. If that's, if you feel like that's happening more and it's like more like fucked up each time, uh-huh. you should check your fucking CO2, bro. Like you should get a carbon dioxide or is it carbon monoxide? 
detector and mm -hmm. just double check for real. I've read so many posts on Reddit where people oh, are do you, I remember the one and like that's a they good check point. Their, actually, they Eric, check yeah. that they got a detector. You can buy one at Home Depot tonight and come and check it. But, but I would recommend doing that. Okay, for real. so do it. I. I hear what you're saying, and that's a good idea, and I will do that. Okay, thank however, you. However, please do it. Please. However, <laughs> what has changed about my house in the last couple of weeks? Gary? No. Oh. Windows. I had screens installed, so for the first time since I've lived here, I've been able to have all the windows open in the house. Oh. And I've been more doing more chatter that. and noise in the. And so, and that is really, I think I'm noticing it more since then, and that's a good point, Sarah. Is that it may be. Because here's what happens if you are going, if you made your coffee and then you hear a woman yelling outside, yeah. uh -huh. then suddenly your focus is there uh -huh. and you walk back in here and you do stuff because you're yeah. you yeah. focused. And that is a key with this. A key sure. to overcoming and like working with these challenges is that what you need is an audio or visual cue. Yep. That is what you have to have. If it if it means writing yourself a note, then me, I cross my fingers sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, if you need, whatever. I just say All it of systems. I'll say it out loud. Yeah. I'll go, I talk cue. to myself. I'll, I'm going to get up and get some coffee. Yeah, I talk to myself. So. Yeah. Or like, I need an alarm. Or yeah. like, I need notes. Or I need labels or calendars. I've randomly, or... the last three days, out of nowhere, I'll be like, I need to renew my professional license by uh, June 30th. I just say it out loud yeah. every time it comes up in my head. Yeah. You need a cue. You had you had mentioned that. So Ben Ben France, one of our uh, top contributors on our Facebook page, is setting a reminder for the ninth. Oh yeah. shit! Check in with me. Oh, oh nice! Yes. That's awesome. That's a cool because he also accountability has to, thing. Yeah, he also has to renew his he's, professional. He's ah, your accountability buddy. Yes. That's cool. I like that. I love it. All right. So I've I've got some questions here that I've you know, that I've written down here, and let's see. Um, I think we've covered a lot of this already. Okay. Let's see. What are some common challenges or variations in the development of object permanence in neurodivergent individuals? I do want to mention yeah. one point because we said this earlier that um, what we're talking about here is in adults is not a developmental disability, but it is important to say that there are developmental delays with certain neurodivergence, in particular autism, in which you, there may be a delay in like true object permanence development in part of that developmental delay. But that doesn't yeah. mean that that is a constant thing. Yeah. And so because uh, neurodivergent disorders are comorbid with so many mm -hmm. other things. So like, um, uh, whew, it just slipped my mind. I'm sorry. So like anxiety disorder, learning disabilities, dyspraxia, dyspraxia. What's all... dyspraxia? Oh. It's Daria. sort of like dyslexia for your body. Daria yeah. can't hit the ball because okay. she puts like her hand delayed. out a second after. Visual and um, like processing disorders, auditory disorder, like mm -hmm. delays, things like that. And so it's very later. And you also have to kind of take into the component that a lot of people with ADHD are diagnosed as adults. A lot of people with ADHD and, and uh, ASD are AFAB people who were not recognized or not identified early on. And there is a lot of trauma that is wrapped, like complex trauma that is wrapped up in a, um, like a neurodivergent disorder that was not identified early on, that was not intervened early on. There is educational trauma, financial you know, t like financial issues that you run into all kinds of things that are wrapped up in that, that are very fucking complex. And so it's, I think that as you were talking about like the way that you struggle with that and how you hate like how you kind of like, it felt like a little bit self-loathing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And it's like that 
is shame. Uh, not to get too heavy. Sorry. No, it's fine. <laughs> no, that me too. I, I carry that too. Yes, that is shame. Yeah. That you are shaming yourself for something that you have no control over. That is not your fault that you are like that. And the fact that you were not given the resources and the tools when you were a child to combat that and to like successfully go through life with like um, a direction, like to accept that about yourself and to love yourself even despite that mm-hmm. it is um it is not your fault and it sucks that you have to bear the shame of that yeah, yeah. and for everybody listening there's a lot of shame feels, involved yeah. in, in so much my religious traumas so much and so yeah. it's like every time you lose your keys and are going into the room and you're like fuck it's like yeah. you're obviously not mad because you can't find your keys because you think the keys ran away from you right you're mad at yourself and that's self um, harm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it just feels good to yell out. Oh, <laughs> trust me. All like the keys, the keys, the phone, everything, everything I'm tile. looking for. It's always get a, get a, a tile. tile, get a place. I know this is kind of like telling people to get a planner. I, so I'm just going to preface it with that. This works so well for me. Doesn't work for everyone. You have to have a same place where you put your shit every day. Get a tile if you if you can't or if, do that. if that's if you not hear if you're not that, that and go fuck you. Yeah, get a fucking tile. Yeah, I got an Apple Watch and it saved my fucking life because yeah. it told me where my phone was or I can make it beep and it'll bring me to it even mm-hmm. if the sounds off. I got a tile for my keys and like I can just make them an alarm go off and find them and that way I'm not sh- like just shitting on myself yeah. because I fucking couldn't find my keys because for the. Th- infinite time you know i've not been able to do that so why would i be able to do it this time right i've noticed that you know things that i do that i that i notice as a coping mechanism to deal with some of these things is like i'm constantly giving myself the pat down you know yes. checking my pockets make sure i've got keys, keys wallet phone. phone keys yeah. wallet I just phone really hard it's so. fine <laughs> Yes, it's every okay. time. Every time. Yeah, uh, you don't have to acknowledge it. I do. <laughs> Actually, I'm sorry. I would. Uh, it just comes out. I feel like I, there's no self-control there. I, ju- I have to say it out loud. I have been repressing the desire to say how much my voice is bothering me the whole time and apologizing for it. So, so let me ask you this. <laughs> Are there any specific strategies or interventions that can support the development of technology this. well okay hold <laughs> so on i want to address tiles. but yeah. i want to address this too i because in that question it says that you can develop object that you can't you develop yeah. it you are finding workarounds to work around it okay you cannot make yourself be able to do this better no. by like exercising your brain or like cbt no your brain does this that's how your brain works you need to find ways to work with your brain like getting a tile or having something like that having you. a schedule. Like yes. when I take a shower, I do my shower in the same order every yes. single time. If I don't do that, I will be like, "Did I shampoo my hair? I don't I know yeah. what I was doing in here." Oh wow! So it and the automatic. order of how they are on the and um, not that shelf. everyone not, has to do the yeah, same. No, just it's to just, say those are my things. When you stop shaming yourself and and tr- like in feeling bad all the time and like feeling like you're like that self-loathing what you can do is start to open up to possibilities for like workarounds like that yeah when you stop going i need to just be better Mm-hmm. I need to just learn how to do this I need this to better. stay grounded and focused on in yeah. the shower. I have to stay present. Right. I need to just figure out a planner this time. This yeah. time it'll work. When you stop doing that, you go, okay, if I do this, if I tell somebody who will remember that with me, if I d- instead do it this way, like with the tile, with that, et cetera, like it 
it makes your life so much easier. And it makes the feeling of like that self-loathing shame feeling when Mm -hmm. you, when you fuck up, it makes it start to like weigh less. How do you ask for that? What do you mean? You know, for someone, if, if you're, if that's something that you're dealing with, yeah. how do you go to somebody and just be like, Hey, can you help me with this? Like, how do you, how do you ask for that? Just like that. And not everybody deserves your vulnerability. Okay. So be selective. Um, Not everybody uh, deserves to know the things that you're struggling with. So don't ask somebody who you feel bad. Well, on that note, (laughs) let me tell you what I did uh, (laughs) at work. Yeah. Uh, I asked for an accommodation from my team for as far as communication goes. Yeah. And I explained to them what's going on. Um, I had an epiphany on Friday. Where I had gotten a message from my boss about a situation and I had sent a message to the team and someone responded and I didn't really pick up on what they were saying. And I was like, well, you should be doing, if you're doing that, then you need to be doing this. And then she's like, well, I thought we talked about in our meeting. And I was like, well, that was about this one certain situation, Mm -hmm. right? And you didn't say that. You didn't say, oh, I'm in this situation while I'm doing X and here's why I'm doing this. And then I, I messaged her privately and I was like, I need you to be direct with me. Yeah. I said, she's like, well, I thought it was implied because we talked about it in our meeting. I was like, nothing's implied. Yeah. I was like, you have to be black and white. I was like, this is the the best way I know how to communicate with you. And that's, that's how I need you to communicate with me so we don't have a misunderstanding yeah. like this. Because had you said it this way, I would have been like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. You know, and so that like drove me this week to put that on the agenda for all of my people when I have my one-on-one meetings. And I was like, we're going to talk about communication. And they all thought, they all thought I was going to talk about like their communication with me. And I'm like, no, I was like, look, I have a disorder. Yeah. Okay. And I'm fucking here and, for that. That's what I'm here for this week. And I said, you know, my, and I'd sent you that in a message and it yes. looks like you guys kind of glossed over it. Oh, but, sorry. Uh, was but it, I was like, I'll was talk it on about the way it. here? It, I think it was while you were in Florida. Oh yeah. Yeah. There you go. So, um, sorry. But anyway, I was like, look, I have a disorder. And I said, you know, if you've ever heard me say in meetings, I don't know how I can be any more clear on this. You know, we always run into situations where people are doing the opposite of the direction I've given. Mm -hmm. And I'm always being told, well, I just assumed it was because of this. And I'm like, well, that's not what I said, though. And if I didn't explicitly say it, then I have no issue with you coming to me and asking for clarification. Yeah. But I need direct communication. I need black and white direct communication from you if I'm going to be able to understand you the best. And I, I, and I need you to understand that's how, that's how I've been communicating with you this whole time. Yeah. And I had this conversation with all seven people nice. <laughs> that work for me. And so, you know, I hopefully we'll see an improvement in some of the communication, but it was still just more of an epiphany on my part where for sure she was totally under the pressure and she's right. We had just had a meeting about mm-hmm. that, but I was sitting in the dentist office. The last thing I'm thinking about is a meeting I had two yeah. days ago. I've slept since then twice. Yeah. You know, um, I think that like the, the best way for me to like explain that, I think in like in ways that I have explained that to clients is mm-hmm. like, um, I live in a gray area, right? Everything right. about me is gray in terms of like, uh, how I process things. Like there's always room for like exploration in a space. Mm-hmm. Nothing feels black and white. However, in order to navigate that space the best I can, I need black and white. Exactly. I need direct communication because yeah. like I, I need things to be very, uh, like I want somebody to match my, um, directness 
And right. so I'm like, I, this is how I am saying things. And it's like ABC, like if you come in and like start muddying that up, I'm yeah. like, what are you, what's, what's your intent, bro? <laughs> like, like, so it, without getting into too much detail yeah. about my job, but like, there's a lot of things where like, you know, I've, I've basically written the handbook for that whole department. I yeah. pretty much awesome. laid the groundwork for how that whole position works. And I have very particular ways I like things to be done. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I will say, Hey, this is how this portion of this report needs to be dispositioned. Yeah. And there's no exceptions to it. It needs to be this. If, if X equals Y, then you do action one, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. And I'm always running into situations where they're doing some, they're deviating from the direction that I've given. And I'm like, guys, how can I be more black and white cu- yeah. and clear about this? Because do I'm you, not. <laughs> was the feedback that you got from those conversations? Like, did you feel good It was all it? really positive. Awesome. And, and then I learned that some of the people that work with me are kind of the same way. And, yeah. uh, there was a certain person who other people of the team were kind of forwarding some stuff her way, but in a way that was distracting while she's trying to do like talk to people. Uh, And I'm the same way. If I get messages come in when I'm on a call or in a meeting, it's like my whole world crumbles. A year ago, (laughs) could you have imagined yourself having seven one-on-ones with people telling that you have uh, ADHD? And, and, asking and asking them for, for accommodation. an accommodation. Yeah. Um, probably that? not. But yeah. even though I have been a very open, like yeah. as far as leadership goes. So it's really not that far out of the realm of possibility. For sure. One thing that, that kind of sucks though, and I know that you and I and Sarah had spoken about this not too long ago, is I did reach out to my mom and see if she remembered where I got my evaluation. And they don't. Um, and they don't think the place is even there anymore. They can't remember the doctor's name. I mean, my parents are like retirement age yeah, and yeah, this yeah. happened a long you know, time ago, yeah. years yeah. ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't hold it against them. Um, and then you two were telling me that they probably don't even keep those records anymore. No. So, um, if I were to want to seek treatment for this again, I would probably have to get another evaluation. Do you think? So here's the thing. You might not be able to find the paperwork where you, like where you were, um, diagnosed, Mm -hmm. but like if you were prescribed, uh, Ritalin until Mm -hmm. your senior year of high school, you could get your medical records probably. So it might reflect on there. Yeah, maybe, but here's the thing too. Even if you have those records, a responsible clinician would still evaluate you now to treat you. I'm just saying to avoid, paying like to go to a psychiatrist and, oh like, if you want to do all of that yeah i mean to get evaluated yeah that seems like a lot that's that would be a pain in the ass does mm-hmm. medical insurance even cover that stuff I, I mean i had really good insurance when i got evaluated and it was still six hundred dollars out of pocket Oof. i was my evaluations were not as extensive as yours no mine I, I my psychiatrist like my psychiatrist did you know an hour evaluation yeah. of me and we went from there so. so anyway, object permanence, uh, <laughs> much like the topic of this episode, uh, we can't seem to kind of stay on it, but I've got some other questions. <laughs> We're going everywhere. This is like the first time we've really hung out though. Like, yeah, I know. Since we've been back. I mean, so. I helped you move some stuff, but that was like oh, that was labor. God, business mode. So we talked about, so on my list here, it's can we provide examples or anecdotes that highlight the impact <laughs> of object permanence on individuals with different neurodivergent conditions? But that's pretty much all we've been talking <laughs> yeah, about. All right. Is that? Um, I but didn't like, read the questions before I got here, so it's kind of funny that we like answered them all anyway. So, how can caregivers, educators, or therapists effectively support and promote the understanding of this acceptance. phenomenon? Acceptance, acceptance, mm-hmm. acceptance, acceptance. Mm-hmm. So, how like? 
Is that is that all you want to say? Like, just acceptance? It's, instead of trying to teach yourself out of that behavior because uh-huh. it is not a behavior that is it is a behavior that's innate. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of trying to uh, unlearn something that never was learned in the first place, it mm-hmm. was just the way that it was. Start um, working with your clients to accept that that is the way that they are. Mm-hmm. Accept that that is okay. And then find appropriate workarounds that don't involve planners and... Well, they can if that helps you. It can, yeah, but like that don't involve... Shame. um, Shame and trying to tell you that you have learned this behavior and reprogramming because that is not what this behavior is. There's going to, it's going to take trial and error. It's going to take yeah. yourself and a, and a helping professional that's non-judgmental. Yeah. And that's, you know, some things aren't going to work. Yeah. And some things might surprise you. Yeah. Hmm. I would just like to like any clinician listening to just like really just say that, like that, um, that if you are not aware of that, that is not a learned behavior that like that object permanency that we've been talking about this whole episode, that is not a learned behavior. You cannot unlearn that. So trying to work with your clients to unlearn that behavior and then replace it with a learned behavior that is going to be more atypical. Are there any coping? No, more typical than it's just not going to work and it's harmful. Are there any coping mechanisms that you've developed over the years that subconsciously have helped you with this issue? I think for me, um, when I get into a spiral of, um, shame, like a shame spiral Uh of like, I'm, I am fucking a piece of shit. Uh, like, and I can't do anything right. And like, I fuck everything up and I can't remember shit. And I drop the ball when I get into one of those shame spirals. I think like the best coping mechanism for me is to, um, interrupt that with all of the things that make me the way that I am, uh, that contribute to that problem and that that is not my fault. Um, and that I am not a piece of shit for that specific reason (laughs) 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 and and then try to like calm myself into a state of being able to like think of alternatives think of like objectively better solutions than and also yeah to recognize that sometimes when you're in the crisis it's not the best time to do that no sometimes resolve the crisis then problem solve yeah it, would you consider like <laughs> I thought that was constant like very directed at me? <laughs> <laughs> it was not. That was, that was so. It was prompted by you, but not directed at you. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best. <laughs> All right. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I totally forgot what I was going to say. Would you say that this is linked to like chronic lateness or tardiness? Can be. Can be. I mean, I think that that's a... That's also time blindness. Yeah, okay. like Yeah. Time blindness? Is that a thing? Hyper-focus where you're losing... Like, we're in that flow state, I guess, of yeah. like really losing track of time. Um, I feel like I've had this irrational paranoia of being late to things. And for as long as I can remember in my adult life... I'm chronically early mm. and sometimes way too early to things. Like there's a lot of times where I'd be sitting in like in my car before work for like half an hour, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> and getting up way too early to start getting around 
you know, and it gives and, you anxiety, like builds anxiety. Yeah. I mean, maybe, and, but some, I mean, did that help your anxiety? Cause if you were there at enough time and you were, yeah. Better, and I never, I was never tardy. I was never, I hardly ever call out either. I'm, I'm a, yeah. my, I'm a very punctual and you know, my attendance in most things are very good, you know? Yeah. Um, but I'm just wondering because that is one of those things I've always noticed that even times when I will try to be like fashionably late, like I don't want to be the first person to show up, I'm always almost the first person to show up. <laughs> I think for me, my anxiety of being the first person yep. to show up overrides my anxiety of being late. Mm-hmm. And then I accidentally yes. end up too late because yeah. I want to be just a little bit. But <laughs> Or, then or what up. happens to me sometimes is that it, it like kind of lunges over the fashionably late to like bypasses the anxiety of showing up late and then i just don't go because then you're too late because then i'm too late and i'm like fuck i'm not walking in that late yeah and then they're gonna be like time yeah Yeah. it's anxiety just (laughs) pulsating (laughs) but like i was one of the first people there to the memorial service i went to but you know my friend was like setting it up so at least he was there right yeah yeah. um i would think there's benefits to that oh it's like when you went to that show on the 13th of april but it was like the wrong month early you went a month early yeah that happens that's my favorite just because I and I read the message over and over again, and for some reason I just couldn't read the word March. Yeah, weird. Well, yeah. it was May or May. <laughs> yeah, I showed you up still to. Can't. A... <laughs> and then when May fifteenth rolled around, I ended up thirteenth, bro. It was the fifteenth. Anyway, no. it doesn't matter. I ended up not even going. Yeah, because I couldn't take my dog. Aww. <laughs> Oh my Good God. reason. We're out of it. We are all over the place. Um, but but I'm glad to have you back, uh, I'm Katie. So gl- I'm glad. I'm to be back. glad that your your trip was safe. Yeah. And that you arrived in one piece, and that you were only called crack whores once. Yes. In Missouri. Yeah. It was like Sarah, what a welcome. What a welcome home. Welcome home. That was. Yeah. It was truly. I mean, um, like the best time. But hey, you got praised for your bagging skills today. Oh, I did. I didn't tell. I didn't tell Sarah that. Oh no! While I bagged at Aldi, mm-hmm. I went to Aldi. Uh, it wasn't my first time, but I did tell the cashier that it was my first time, and she said it was her last time. Oh! So I said it's my first time here, and she said it's my last time here, and then we kind of finger gunned. All right. Uh, and then I bagged my groceries, and then there was an old man sitting at a sorry, an elderly gentleman sitting <laughs> at the uh, um, sitting on a bench, like as you exit. And he remarked on my skilled bagging techniques. Oh. And then they were, and like, impeccable. I almost took a picture to show you. Oh, dude, I would love that. <laughs> I know. I almost did, and then I was like, that's probably weird. I'm impressed. It wouldn't have been weird. And the, the fact that you even considered sending it to me in the first place tells you that it wouldn't have been weird. Right? I should have just trusted my gut. You should have. I would have was, loved to have seen impressive. it. It was impressive. Yeah. Um, so as far as object permanence goes, is there anything else that we have to say on it? I mean, it's a phenomena. It happens. Yeah. Embrace it. I think. And uh, try and find some constructive ways to cope with it. And don't give yourself a hard time about it. And if you struggle with this and it has impacted some of your relationships or friendships, I have a really good idea for you. Send this episode to that person so that they can give it a listen and they'll understand you better. And whoever is listening, (laughs) I guarantee you someone needs to hear this. Go put your clothes in the dryer. 
or press that cycle again and start them over because they smell like mildew. Yeah, if it's been days. <laughs> but if you just started a load this morning, Go and that's the, the thing that happened to me. I actually posted about it on Facebook. That's a real thing. Like, I had started a load on Saturday and didn't realize until Monday at 5 o'clock that I was like, wait, I... Did I, I do, do some that laundry? If you're the in the car listening to this and yeah. it is a reminder that you didn't do it, that is okay. Yeah. It is okay. You're not a piece of shit. Maybe we should just do like little reminders throughout each episode. Hey, right? where's your keys at? Oh, we should. <laughs> renew your license. Yeah, renew yeah. your license. Oh my gosh. Put a hook by your door. Pay your yeah. taxes. Put your keys on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yikes. Luckily, luckily, Missouri is a state that allows you to buy your registration for two years right. instead well, of just doing it every year. Well, this is my professional license. Oh. Yeah. Ouch. So it's probably more expensive. Oh yeah. Speaking of, speaking of out of sight, out of mind though, I my car's tags have been. There are times in my life where they have been expired for over a year, and I just did really had no idea because I don't think about it. Yeah. So all look at your our, tags. All Check of tags. our cars. <laughs> Check your tags. <laughs> Check your tags. Check your Cut oil. That out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye. Do your laundry and have a good week. We'll see you next time. <laughs>